This is a summary of the second Sicha Parsvayese. Look at the Sicha Schelig Yud. This is a Rashi Sicha. So, as we are accustomed to do on the summary, we are just going to look at the Pasuk and understand it based on the Rashi Sicha. So, the Pasuk we're looking at is that Leah has her first child. The first of the 12 Shvatim are born, Reuven. And the Pasuk says that she gave birth to him and she chose his name. And she says that why is she naming him Reuven? Hashem has seen my suffering. That Reuven comes in the combination of these two words. That Hashem has seen. And then the, the bane is right? The most pronounced letters in the word is not such a pronounced letter. And yi is also not so pronounced. So ba'anyi, the base and the nun is the ruvein. Uh, so we have ruvein is ra ba'anyi that Hashem should see my uh, uh, Hashem has seen my affliction that she suffered that she she was hated by her husband so to speak, and the and now ki'ata yavani ishi and why how is Hashem seeing and answering my suffering because now my husband is going to love me. That's what the Pasuk says. And that's why she named him Reuven. However, the difficulty is, the Pasuk says that she was snua. Snua Leah, she was hated. Is it rational what she's saying? Now, you know, we're not just going to say that she's saying something irrational. Why is she assuming that her husband now is going to love her? Now, we understand that having a child brings people closer a closer feeling, but to go from a state of being snua to being atoya, now he's going to love me, seems to be a bit of an overstatement, especially, and it's not like Yaakov's beloved, favored wife, so to speak, Rachel, it's not like he knew at that point that she was barren and, and, and that it would, you know, it would take quite a while for them to have children. This is within one year of their marriage. So, assume. Seemingly, Rachel was on her way with a child, would be on her way soon with a child as well. So the this should turn around and transform the relationship and the connection, and now my husband is gonna going to love me. It seems a little bit uh, far-fetched, especially that for a Jew like Yaakov and for the Avis in general, the most important thing is spirituality. Having a child who ends up being a Russia, ends up being a bad person, it's not the greatest joy in life, per se. It's not just, oh, I have a child. The child could cause a tremendous amount of agmas nefesh, amount of pain that, that the child is not living up to. And the track record, in fact, of the previous two um, Aves, Avram and Yitzchak, was that their firstborn child, Yishmael and Esau, both went off, uh, went off. They didn't do well. They didn't fear well. So her assumption that her husband is mamish going to love her seems a little bit difficult Therefore, Rashi says something interesting. Rashi says, Rabbi Senu Pirshu, a rabbis explain this passage. They're not translating, they're explaining that she's saying her husband's going to love her because there's another translation of the word Reuven, which is a prerequisite, which explains why the, the birth of such a son like Reuven is going to cause her to be loved. And that, of course, is essentially that the Aves and the Yimoyis famously are, are Nevi'im, were prophets. And they, they, they saw the future. They understood what kind of child this is going to be. So Reuven actually comes from the words Reu'bein, that you should see the difference. Um, 
or maybe also the uben, but basically see the difference between this firstborn and the other firstborn, between him and and Esav. That this is a child, unlike Esav, who understands his place in the family and in the Jewish people. And not like Esav who rejects as the firstborn. No, Reuven loved and, and, and it was beloved to him, the service of Hashem, the role of the firstborn. He's not like Esav. Him being born was a, was a powerful moment. That this is a child who's gonna, who would embrace that identity. And even though tragically, it was, she was able to see prophetically that he would... Um, he would lose many of the privileges of being the firstborn based on various things. But this, this in itself shows even a greater um, specialty of this child. Because even when he had the chance to destroy his rival, the one who ends up taking the Bukhaira, the firstbornhood, from him, when Yosef, when Yosef is thrown into the burn, into the pit, who say, who tries to save him? Reuven. And he never did anything to fight against him, and he never fought against his father, and he never did anything, right? He never did anything. He was so we're dealing with such a special person who appreciates the bechorhood, the firstbornhood, and yet he refuses to do anything. He loves his brother. He refused to do anything to his brother. He, he's the one who tries to save his brother. She says, "Such a child who's so different from Esav, who's so special, who's so..." Magnificent when uh, when Yaakov Avinu sees that what our union produced, and he'll see this child, there's no question that he's going to come to have a tremendous love for me and realize of uh, um, that we have a very special relationship and a special um, uh, connection. I'll add parenthetically, it's not in the Sicha, but indeed the Medrash relates that uh, uh, that uh, Yaakov Avinu on his deathbed, it says, it says, he bowed to the head of the bed, and Rashi said that so the Medrash says that it meant he recognized, and that on his deathbed is when he recognized that his that his truest wife was Leah. But it's a different conversation. Reish Hamita goes on, on Leah, who had the most children. He had she had six of the of the of the children, and uh, of the Shvatim. But in any event, over here she says, "Surely my husband is, my husband is going to love me when he hears who Reuven is." That is the explanation of this pasuk, a beautiful Rashi, a beautiful pasuk. In the Yemish Altaira, at a deeper level, what's happening here is, is that what, what's happening here in the namings of the child? Taira takes these things, seems to take them very seriously. Each Shevet who's being born is being given a name by their mother. And it says, Al-Kain, the Apostle says, therefore he's named this because of this event, that event. What's happening here? And by the obvious, it wasn't like that. By the forefathers who were named, it was actually the father who named them. So what's, what's, uh, what's taking place here? And they're not being given a reason why they're being named that. What, what's the distinction? of how it's being presented here. And the answer is, what does a name mean in, in, in Judaism? A name is a very significant, a very powerful thing. So much so that everything in the world receives its life force through its name, through its Hebrew name. And in fact, a child receives their name from their, uh, from their parent. The Arizal says it's from Ruch HaKadosh, it's divine inspiration. The name, because the, 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 the connection between your soul and your body is, is, is given through your name. Now, we all really have two names, because we have names of being a human being. Adam, Ish, Gever, Enoish, we have the names of, of being a human being, and that also is a source of life. And then there's our particular name that's given to us by our parents. And that reflects that there's the essence of who we are. There's the name which describes who we are, our core, our essence. And then there's a, a more narrow description 
of this your particular characteristics in this particular lifetime, which is interesting to note. The Kabbalah explains that in different lifetimes, you can actually have different names because that particular body that you've been given with its composition and its personality, which is more prone to certain things, um, deserves a different name, and that's what holds your soul and your body together. Now, it's, it's, uh, it's brought already in the Gemara, and it's explained in Chassidus, that anything which belongs to the three forefathers, only the three forefathers are called Avais, our parents, our parents and mo- our, our, our mother and father, the Avais and the Yemais. Even though we come from a particular Shevet, let's say someone comes from Reuven, he's not your father. He's your ancestor. He's not your father. The three Avais, Ein Koyden Avais El Lishlesh, only these three are your father, because everything that a parent has, you you own, you, you inherit everything your parents have, Every single Jew carries the totality of these three Avais, these three four Imais. The Shvatim, not every Jew has it. You have your Shevet, you have your characteristic of your particular tribe. And, and it's a fascinating thing that Eva says, is that even the characteristic you receive from your tribe, even that is not your essence. The fact that not every Jew has that means that even in you, it's not your essence. It, 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 it reflects a more superficial layer of your existence, more superficial. Like every Jew, you could say that our essence is that we're Jewish. And then there's, whether you're a Koyen, you're a Levi, right, externalities. The, uh, right. So the Rebbe says, based on this, we understand what's happening here with the names. Why the naming is such a big deal, because every characteristic of each Shevet is being described. Now, by the Avais, by the obvious, it doesn't say, and that's why you were named this, because over there it's not getting at the characteristics. These names of by the obvious are really just describing the essence. The essence doesn't need such a description of its name. It's the essence of who we are, versus each particular shavit, which is more of a characteristic, more of a superficial thing, so to speak, very important, but it's more external. It needs a description of the name of exactly why you're being named that. And it's also why it's the mothers who did the naming, because um, as Chassidus explains, the, the man contributes his contribution towards a child, but the woman then takes this um, and she develops it. She develops the seed into a human being. So really what she's doing is, she's the, 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 the Chassidus explains, I don't know how it works scientifically, that the essence of the child, in a way, is more connected to the father. But the development of how it actually appears to us, it's characteristic, it's, it's, it's full the full body form that comes out out of the mother's after nine months in the mother's stomach, that is, uh, that's, that's what that level, uh, that's what a woman does. And therefore the Imois have more of this connection to the names of the, of the Shvatim, of the characteristics of the Shvatim, um, and so on. And that's what's happening here according to Chassidus, that that explains to us why by the first of the 12 Shvatim, Rashi tells us that you should know that even though when you look at the names, the reason why they're given that name, it always seems to reflect something in the mother's life story. Now my husband's gonna love me. Every everyone was was you know God is from the word Mazel Tov. The the but the truth is in the first in the ready by the first Shevet actually tells us that the description of the name there's much deeper translations basically, and that Reuven reflects something about Reuven himself about his personality about who he is as a person, and that's what's happening here the the deeper mystical uh, perspective of what's taking place with all of this name, um, these namings of the children.